Not bad for a couple old guys winging it on a Friday afternoon. Wings, man. Hot wings. <laughs> Those hot wings. Dude, they, <laughs> hey, were, just, hey, they were, hey, were just good enough. Let's segue into a, a good Friday laugh. What do you got for me? Can you can you get me a chuckle? Anything? Can you give me like a good uh, level are laugh? Gonna, are you going to use this segment to like create, uh, no, a, to create no, a loop of know. just me laughing? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Welcome to another episode of the Contacts to Contracts podcast. I am Brian Lovell here always with our amazing co-host, Mr. John Jones. What's up, Brian? What's up, buddy? How are you? I'm doing great. Doing great. So we figured we would spend a little bit of time today talking about um, there's a bit of maybe a shift going on in the mortgage market. And I say mortgage market specifically because real estate is smoking hot. Yes, it is. (laughs) Right. Uh, But for us coming out of the best year that the mortgage industry has ever had in 2020. We're starting to see a pullback on segments of the business. So just to give clarity, refinance is starting to come down, but purchase is starting to come up, but not at the same pace, right? So what we're going, what we feel like we're going to experience in the next coming months is probably a decline in year over year business for many loan originators and branch managers. Mm -hmm. Now, I will say that's not necessarily something that you should be like, oh my gosh, the sky's falling, like 2007, 2008. 100%. Right. Entirely entirely different market than back then. Like, it's pretty tough to compare yourself to the best year the mortgage market has ever had. But with that said, there's probably a lot of driven people who are listening to this podcast who really liked the, the year that they had in 2020 and what those opportunities afforded them. And my guess is a lot of them are like, you know, hey, I'd like to figure Seen out. Seen a few Maseratis flying around town. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'd like to figure out how to keep this, uh, Pay this, the gas this party going. You know, <laughs> right, right. This party going for a little while. So listen, John and I just figured um, we'd sit down and we have a conversation. We're going to give you like four or five things that you could do right now in this market to help you get out in front. Sure. Yeah, of I mean what's going and, on. and and not to bring doom and gloom into it, but the good news on housing is housing stats for 2021 are at a 14-year high. So we are smoking hot builders are building homes there that's going to help with our supply, the demand that's out there. Um, so increased supply should help, you know, continue the market and um, we're now coming into a 6th year of record home sales purchase transactions. So even though refis rates have ticked up a little bit, Mm -hmm. they're still out there. They still exist. People are making home renovations. They are consolidating paying off credit card debt, helping their kids go to college and doing all those things. So cash out refis are still still available. Um, But the purchases are are just, they're going to continue to be smoking hot. So this is what happens every time we sit together and have a conversation. Now you got my mind going. Okay. It's exciting. I mean, you know, when, when you read stats that there, there's probably going to be, um, I think, 300,000 is the guesstimate, uh, additional purchase transactions again in 2021 over 2020. Nice. It's a huge opportunity yeah. as we shift again from the refi over to the purchase. Yeah. And so what do you need? We need to talk about how do you get some of that business? Yeah. How do you get some of that business? So one second, though, before I lose this train of thought, this is what you do to me every time we sit down together. You were just talking about how... Um, you know, rates have ticked up a little bit, but home affordability is still amazing. You know, we got a not so great 
inflation report recently Mm -hmm. um, that drove interest rates up a little bit higher. Here's my advice to all ULOs. The borrowers that you're putting into homes now for purchase, you will be refinancing in 12 months. You heard it right here, straight from Brian Lovell. Great advice. I love it. I mean, don't you think? I think uh, because quite- at some point the federal government is going to jump in and do something about inflation, mm-hmm. and historically, when that's happened, that's good for mortgage rates. Correct. Right. So, hello. My advice to you is, you know, money's in your database. Yeah. Right. So take care of these these folks now, and in however many months down the road it is that we start to see that correction for the inflation numbers that we're seeing right now, that's going to be your opportunity to do another solid for the people that you're helping right now. Yeah, 12 to 24 months is probably the window you're going to see. Um, I'm kind of excited. Maybe some of the lowest rates we've ever seen. Yeah. So hopefully that crystal What that doesn't mean, however, is to sit on the fence and, and not go out and buy yeah. the home that, you know, that you and your family are, you know, so desire. Seventh best home affordability in our nation's history. Those numbers go back almost 100 years. Yep. So. And we know, we all know what you know, Barry says about the cost of waiting, right? So, I mean, yeah. if you think you're going to wait 12 or 24 months to jump in, um, you know, home prices are still predicted to increase. Yeah. There's still, you know, uh, um, you know, demand is out there and supply is very low. So it's just going to continue to drive up prices as inflation, lumber, and all the material cost of new construction go up. Mm-hmm. So does existing home sale value. Yep. So does home value. So, so John, I just figured we're going to give you four or five things that you can do right now in this market to help you stay above this the shift. And I say it's not a shift in real estate or anything like this. This is a shift specifically to mortgage. Uh, and I think, you know, if you if you stopped for a minute and you looked at some data, you would probably start to see as an originator that your at bats are slowing down. And they're they're slowing down primarily because of the refi business has slowed down probably almost in half um, to what it was coming off of our peaks in Q1. But your purchase pre-approvals are hot. Your pipelines are still still full of loans. And, um, you know, you're, you're closing a good amount of loans every month. And so, like, if you, you've got to look at the data because it lags, right? What the, the actions that you're doing today or the people that you're pre-approving today aren't going to show up as closings for you in this Probably market. Probably in July. It, might be, it <laughs> might be two months because it's right. taking people so long to find homes. So with that said... You know, I say that because I'm a believer in raising awareness. And I I believe like you got a couple of types of LOs out there. You know, there's some who kind of maybe got their head in the sand a little bit. Like, yep. hey, I, I, I'm not, I, I, I hear you, but I don't want to hear you. I'm just going to pretend like that's not happening. The second one is the one who is like, hey, yeah, I understand, but I'm not ready to accept it yet. And then the third one is already going, right? We want to help you be the one that's already going. So the first thing we'll talk about is, I think that you have to adapt your processes to the new market. And so, John, like, do you think it's easier to close six refinances or three purchase deals as an LO? The refis all day long. The refis, right? And there's a couple of reasons why. Um, one, you're com- you're communicating with a borrower, not a borrower, a buyer's agent, and a clo- and a selling agent. And like today's LO who's doing a purchase transaction, a good one, is probably writing a lot of pre-approval letters for the same borrower, right? So like a lot of the work you as an LO has to do to be able to be a player in this market 
it's it's a little labor it's a little intensive bit more right now, time, more so than ever. Yeah. It's labor intensive, sure. right, to be able to do that. And so here's the thing: I would imagine most loan officers and branches, John, that they probably staffed up during 2020. Mm-hmm. So like right now, you've got the staff to tackle this thing. When I say you've got to adapt your processes, you need to be looking at, okay, I've got the people. Do I have them doing the right things for the purchase market? Right, because a lot of us probably had them doing the right things for a heavier refi market. But if that's going to draw back a little bit, can I change some of our processes? Maybe some of the things that some of my staff members are doing that are going to help us be more efficient, so that the loan officer can focus on those critical things that they need to do um, to help them in their business. So, what do you have? Like, what what would be a good suggestion if you were coming off doing a lot of refis and you're an LO right now? What do you recommend somebody if they want to shift gears and and or shift the branch? Essentially, how do you how do you allocate those people to start focusing yeah, so- on? Um, in driving purchase business? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so, and one of the things I'll say, we say this at the end of every podcast, if there's anything that we can do, John and I are always here to serve. So I'm gonna walk you through a little bit of an exercise that I like to do. It works for me, doesn't necessarily mean it works for everybody. But if you need help with this, like we're here um, to help. Doesn't Whether we're in business together or not, we serve all who seek service, not just those we do business with. And um, so what I've always done is I've just kind of taken a, a roster approach. Hey, let, let me write down just the simple, the name of everybody, maybe get a whiteboard out, the name of everybody who works in that location. And uh, and then I'm just going to give clarity to what specifically their roles are. Now, for an LO, you know, we're talking about, we've always talked about if we could narrow their focus, how do we build more relationships and pre-approve more buyers? So what I'd be looking at doing is what are all of the things or what are some of the things that I could take off of that LO's plate that would help them focus on the things that they do do really well? So the things that I would take off my plate are the things that are time consuming, that maybe slow me down, um, maybe I'm not necessarily as good at. Like as an example, I think once you've pre-approved a buyer, you've determined what their top tier is, right? It doesn't mean you got to be the one writing all the pre-approval letters every time an agent calls in and says, hey, we're looking at 123 Main instead of 123 Central, okay? Right. By the way, agents, I'm not saying that we want you to call us for that stuff, but it doesn't have to be the loan officer doing it every time. Correct. Once they've set the parameters for their team is this is what this person can or cannot qualify for. Right. So I just use it as an example. Um, you know, I was talking to a top producing branch manager here this week who was like, hey, in the past, I've really let my listing agent calls lapse. And listing agent calls are at the end of a transaction. It's easier to try to continue the relationship with an agent you've already done a transaction with, right? Because in our business, the referrals come from the buyer's agent primarily. Um, Like they've been so busy, they've kind of stopped doing them, Mm -hmm. right? And then the person's realizing like, hey, that was like the one activity I really did that built my business. I got to get back to that. You know, so my question was, okay, how much time do you need to call all of your listing agents in a month? I need 90 minutes. So you only need 90, not 90 minutes a day, not 90, you need 90 minutes in a month. Yeah. What are you doing <laughs> that for 90 minutes right now that somebody else can be doing? That's the simple part. Boom. Right. And so when we sat down and talked about that, they were able to quickly identify that and put that into works. But that's what I mean by, you know, 
hey, let's just get the roster out. Who's doing what? I think it's important to have clarity, too, because when you have clarity to what your actual role is, everybody's better and faster at it, too, because they're not worried about, oh, I wonder if Johnny did that, you know, or if Kyle did that. You know who was supposed to do what, and it just is a systematic process. Yeah, okay. great advice. Okay. All right. How about shifting if I'm a single LO out in the market right now without a team? Um, you know, just working um, essentially for myself, whether it's a lender or a broker. Um, how do you find time to do your must-dos, like time blocking and making sure you're hitting those activities yeah, if you're I, also so, responsible for doing some of those other activities? Without- yeah, so a lot of that's a great question because a lot of that's hard to do without leverage, right. right? At some point, you've got to try to – so there's two things you can do. You can try to find the leverage, right? Uh, outsource and, some of it. Maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe outsource some of it. You don't necessarily have to hire you know, somebody full-time. Maybe you can hire somebody part-time. Um, I remember back in the day, I used, somebody to do your handwritten notes. I used to have family members write my handwritten notes for me, um, you know. So, but if you're a single alone, you don't have leverage, man, you got to be really great at the time block. Yeah. And I think, I think it's easy for us to push aside the must-dos and just muddle down in, in what's in front of us each day. You know, mm-hmm. we tend to open up our email and get started and, and go at the first problem that comes our way maybe trying to chase a condition where whatever level you're at, you really got to take your 90 minutes a day or 30 minutes a day, whatever it is, and do your must-dos that are going to generate you new business. Yeah. So I think, John, you you bring up a good point is if the first thing you react to every day is whatever problem problem came up, how do you eliminate the problems? They keep coming. Right. How, how do you eliminate the problems? And like, so some of that is maybe you've got to take, maybe you got to spend just a little bit more time taking a good application. Maybe you got to spend just a little bit more time setting it up the right way. Um, you know, and I don't know what all of those problems are. I'm, but. I, I, we can go off like Carl White, a good friend of ours, local here in, in the Tampa Bay area. I mean, what I, what I love about Carl is he, he talks about not even opening your laptop. I mean, that's something that just, it hits me right here every time he says it. But, you know, get into the office at 9 o'clock, get right at it, do your Mm must-dos, right? Wait until 10 or 10.30, and then pull up the laptop. The problem that was there at 9 is going to be there at 10 and 10.30. Boom. So here's the thing I would say to that. If you you want some peace about that, if you really needed me, you'd have called me. Yep. Right? If you really needed me, you'd have called me. If you sent me an email, you were not expecting an immediate response. Yeah, and, and the truth is, and you've taught me this, is if, if they need you, they will call you. And usually by the time you get back, if, by the you, time wait, you, get back, they if, you, wait, if you wait an hour or two, they figured it out. <laughs> yeah. So or I, love that. Somebody, I love that tactic, by the or way. they found somebody who... So who for those of you out there, I'm not ignoring you intentionally. I'm giving them one hour. It's <laughs> 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 my return to call. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that, that's a good question. I think, you know, for that single LO, it is a little bit harder without the leverage. Um, by the way, you know, we'd love to talk to you about some leverage opportunities, but, um, you know, you've got to be disciplined, right, to that time block if you're going right. to do it, if you're going to do it on your own. Um, I think the other thing, you know, point two would be you've also got to shuffle your sales activities a little bit. Um, and so here's the reality, I think. We're in an emerging market now, right? We've mm-hmm. got good news from Governor DeSantis here in Florida that we're now able to walk and go about freely a little bit more mm-hmm. um, and a little bit larger gatherings. So mm-hmm. what we become accustomed to, right, is kind of hiding behind Zoom mm-hmm. uh, in a pair of sweatpants. Well, it's time to get your outfits uh, off and laundered because yeah. it's time to get back out on the streets I'm gonna and face to face. I'm going to have to lose some weight to do that, bro. No, man, you look great. <laughs> 
just keep the beard. It's, that's the disguise. The you're, you're good. So, um, yeah, so I, I think... I mean, we're, we're talking about it earlier at lunch. I mean, just get... It's exciting for us. I think all of us are going to be housing Yeah, we to just get went to a restaurant events. where nobody was wearing a mask. Yeah. In fact, they had the signs taken off the door. Whew. Thank you God. Know? So walk in without it. No, none of the patrons, none of the staff right. uh, wearing a mask. So, yeah, things are a little bit different in Florida, though, right? <laughs> so going back to the sales activities... Um, I think here's something we need to consider. There's a group of loan originators that are going to start to feel the pinch of the mortgage shift and they're going to start to react. Okay. Like, hey, I kind of got accustomed to the lifestyle I was living. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it was a significant change from the lifestyle that they had before, whatever it is. They're going to figure out how to go get that business right from from real estate agents or other referral partners so my advice to you loan originator branch manager right now is you've got to put a hedge of protection around the referral sources that you already have right you you've got to make sure that you're touching them making sure that you're finding ways to add value to them you can't go headlong or headstrong into i've just got to get new you've you've got to put a hedge of protection around what you got and then the second thing is you need to double down on activities Mm -hmm. that are going to help you build some new relationships we just talked about listing agent calls i think that listing it john if you and i went to an event at the board of realtors and we met a couple of new referral partners there possible new referral partners there do you think it would be easier to get into relationship with them and earn business from them faster than an agent who you just did a transaction with? No. No, right? Because the agent you just did a transaction with, you've already started they, to build a relationship with. Right. It, listen, and, unless something went insanely sideways, right. the listing agent didn't even know that your deal might have had hair on it as long as it closed on time. Correct. Right? It's it's the low-hanging fruit, right? And it's like they, they just got an experience of what it's like to do a transaction to you. But a lot of times we get stuck chasing the stuff that's going to take us longer to convert. I'm not saying don't go, don't go do that stuff, but I'm saying you've got to find what are the activities that you can do in your business right now that are going to help you get into Yeah, I mean, you know, we do these podcasts every week, and when we do our top LO series, um, top branch manager producer series, they all to a T, you know, most of them stick to a plan where they're calling, you know, on a regular basis, the listing agent throughout the transaction. Um, you know, we've got Tuesdays with Tim, whatever day it is, if you have a set day that you're reaching out during the transaction, that's helping you build a relationship. You don't have to even solicit business during the transaction, but if everything goes smoothly, crosses the finish line, you've talked to them, chances are four or five consecutive mm-hmm. weeks. They know who you are. They know the day they can, they can expect your call um, every week while that transaction's in place. And afterward, do you think it's easy to get a one-on-one? If the deal went well? Easier, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you've talked to them four or five times, a lot easier than just calling them post the transaction. Yes. Oh, by the way, I didn't really talk to you for the 30 days we were doing business together, Mm -hmm. but now I want to get with you. So, I mean, I would step it up and, you know, really get relationship at the beginning stage of it. Um, you know, so it's an easy laydown when when the deal closes. Yep. Yeah. Listen, here's the thing is it's hard out there right now for real estate agents, right? Whether you're the buyer's agent, well, I mean... 
Listing agents probably have it a little bit easier. but Listing agents, I mean, God love you. This is just a great time. Do you <laughs> yeah. put a sign in the yard? I mean, <laughs> they're lined up. I mean, the stories that we're hearing now, right, they show up the day the Cars property's lined listed, up around the street. And they're the wrapped houses. around the block, one after another. So yeah. God love you if you're a seller and, and um, yeah. And but I think my, my point to that is like they're working hard, uh, yeah. right? And yeah. they need help too. And a good a good mortgage partner is a good point of leverage and a good resource as well. So, you know, those LOs, they've, they've, you've got to find a way. Listen, if, if there's a ton of people talking, the agents, your referral partners are going to hear the ones who are talking the loudest. Make sure you're the loudest. Yeah. Right. So the third thing I would share is that you need to double down on marketing. Um, and whether that's marketing, actual physical marketing, dollars spent marketing, um, whatever it is, I think one of the mistakes that a lot of people made, and, and you alluded to this already, this isn't 2007, 2008, right? I this was is there. A di- this is it a is different not. thing, right? But what a lot of people did was when the cash got a little bit tighter, they pulled back on their marketing efforts. And I think, at least for me, um, that's one of the lessons that we learned through that that period of time. Mm-hmm. And now, I, I, now I'm saying you need to be smart with a dollar, but don't look at marketing as the first place to pull back. 100%. Um, is what I'm saying with that. So um, that's Yeah, a, I mean, if your budget's 10%, you got to stick to 10%. You can't pull back and skimp. That, yeah, that's I mean, the bottom maybe line. maybe even adjust it to 12. Right. You know. To increase it. Yeah, but don't, 100%. don't skimp. So that's a quick one. The fourth one I'll share with you is you've got to uncover why you. Why, why you in this market right now? And it's not just about why you, John Jones, the originator, but why you the company that you're with, right? Because again, you're, you're gonna go, this is your to the street marketing strategy. And your to the street marketing strategy can't be, I got loan products, I got rates, I close loans fast. So what? You and every other lender and loan officer out there have the exact same thing. I'm talking about, you need to, do, you need to uncover why you, what makes you unique, what makes you different, why is your message um, you know, different out there. Yeah. And um, I, I think, listen, there's probably a lot of branch managers right now who want to take a look at an opportunity to grow their branch during this time. By the way, I think it's going to be a great time to do that because there's a lot of loan Th- originators. pipelines in the next 30, yeah, 60 there's days. There's a lot yeah. of loan originators who got into the business in the last two years or so. They know how to do a loan. Um, but it's been a little bit of an easier time. A lot it's of an easier gonna time. It's going to get tighter. And they're going to need you as a good mentor, Mr. and Mrs. Branch Manager, to help them through it. This is a great opportunity to pick up some talent. Um, and so the second part of that question is, why you? Why would somebody want to work with you? Like, come work with you at your company or in, in your branch. You need to understand what your go-to-market strategy is for that, too. Yeah. So, like, you're, you're speci- specifically talking about branch managers and team leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'll circle back in into the individual LO out there that's looking to take their message to the street and what makes you uniquely different other than I close loans fast and on time. Yeah. Right? I mean, on time today is super important because sellers have the backup yes. offer. So, I, there's a little bit of on time. You know, so I would encourage you guys, if you're a local lender out there trying to get business, I mean, take it away from the fintechs. Take it away from people that are mile, miles away that don't really have urgency, like the local people, the local mm-hmm. community, and understanding that if that deal doesn't close, mm-hmm. we might lose that deal yeah. and the earnest money deposit. Yeah. Um, you know, other strategies that we hear work well now, if you're an LO, um, you know, calling listing agents. 
Yeah. Right. Your buyers are presenting an offer, right? Why not call a listing agent and, and, and sell for your, your buyer on their behalf and the strength of their file? Mm-hmm. You know, what are your thoughts on that? I think in this market, if you're not doing it, you're making you're, a mistake. Yeah, you're making you're making a mistake, and I I know that they've really started to crack down on like that letter, the hand, the, <laughs> yeah, that, the hardship, the hardship <laughs> letter or whatever that is. And I I by the way, I understand. I appreciate I love the that. letter, but I I think yes, as an LO in this market, you got to have some tricks up your sleeve. Yeah. We, what was the one we just learned about this morning? Yeah, I mean, the, so the trick about I mean, using MI, yeah. right? Yeah. And so there's a, you know, I, I think the great thing about mortgage insurance is, listen, I think a, a lot of viewers who may watch this right now, they've grown up with their parents and their grandparents telling them not to get mortgage insurance. That's bad. Mm-hmm. No mortgage insurance, <laughs> right. you know, put 20% down. That's a fool's errand, by the way. Absolutely. Right. Why would you put 20% down in a market that has rates in the threes? And by the way, if you put 15% down, your interest rate's a little better. Yes. Yeah, so, because now yeah. you're sharing the risk Correct. between an MI partner and a lender. Yep. Right. So, yeah, I think that's a fool's errand to put 20% down, especially in this market right now. And there's nothing wrong with mortgage insurance. And mortgage insurance is going to give you leverage to probably win more deals. Mm-hmm. You know, we're starting to see some appraisals come in short because of the elevated offers that buyers are making. And you wanna make sure that you're a loan officer that knows how to wade through that and keep a deal together for your buyer. Not to necessarily have to put 20% down. and for your buyer's agent. And there's some options out there. So, you know, the other thing I would say about mortgage insurance is it's a whole lot cheaper than it used to be. Cheapest it's ever been. Yeah, you know, and it's a really, really competitive market right now too. So I would assume that Mortgage insurance is going to continue to get, um, mm-hmm. you know, see improved pricing over the next couple of years. So, yeah, don't don't believe the hype about mortgage insurance being bad. Today, it's a valuable tool to help people get into homes. Win deals, for sure. And we're seeing loan officers that are doing a really great job with that. Mm-hmm. What else I got? So the That's last number five, the last point, lucky number five. The last point is um, this is where you've got a lead, right? And whether you're a single LO or a branch manager, it's the same, right? So, you know, a lot of people say to me, well, I'm not a leader. Everybody's a leader, right? Like if you're a baseball coach, if you're a father, if you're a spouse, I promise you somewhere you're leading somewhere. John Maxwell says that leadership is influence, nothing more and nothing less. Um, If you value people and you seek to add value to people, then you're a leader in whatever role that is. It's not a title, okay? So now that I've set that up, you've got to lead through this market right now. Um, because there's going to be a shift in the mortgage market, some people might get a little, ooh, like, hey, am I? Uh, yeah, you, uh, put your head in the sand, right? Those people are going to do that, and they're going to do that for the next two to three months. Yeah. And their business is going to so, evaporate and disappear. I'm not going to call this person out on our podcast, but a prominent CEO in the mortgage space last week said that overstaffed that the mortgage lending business overall across the country is overstaffed by almost 25%. Folks, he's suggesting that we're going to lay off 20 to 25% of the workforce in the mortgage business down the road. I, I can tell you that I ain't going to let that happen here. Not a chance. Not a chance. No. 
You, you know? So um, with that said... Don't get nervous out there, Ellis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, it's not going to be you in sales. Yes. Um, and, and and again, if you're a if you're tr- a traditional lender that does primarily purchase business, you're probably going to be fine. Yep. And wade through this. I, I mean, a lot of that is geared towards some of these fintech refi shops. Yeah, and, the refi shops that went yes. from you know two LOs up to two hundred at yeah. call center type and and they in the call center type environment where they're not necessarily out there getting their own business. And if you're in one of those environments, you know, don't feel don't hesitate to call Brian. <laughs> <laughs> we'll help. <laughs> we're you looking out. at yeah. We'll we're looking at our team. So yeah, so going back to the leadership piece, John, I think that, you know, people are going to feel, could get to a point where they feel a little bit rocky. And listen, the best way to lead your team through that is to give them absolute clarity, right? And so, hey, I'm raising awareness to what's going on. This is our plan to do it. And this is what your role is in it. All right. So if you're a branch manager, I just gave you the steps, right? That's how you want to do it. And if you lead that way, you'll be absolutely fine. Now, if you're a single LO, that's you leading you. By the way, the steps aren't any different. Absolute awareness to what's going on. This is our plan to work through it and clarity to expectations. Yeah, I mean, you, you bring up a great point. I think now, like, we've, we've essentially been lazy the last year. Um, You've been lazy. You know, I mean. I worked hard. You know, you, you always work hard, much harder than most. But I mean, it's it, like you said, it's come easy, right, for most of us, right? We've been getting business from home. Now we're going to have to get back out and get get after it and get business. The refi business is going to is going to slow. Yep. I mean, you need to really start looking at your activity tracker. Yes. Right. I mean, you've got to. It's almost back on a diet. You've got to you know, reset your business plan. We, word. You know, we yeah, we we hate that word. But I mean, if your if your activity tracker calls for you to call twenty agents a week. You've got to check that box off. Yeah. I mean, now more than ever, if you're yep. not going to do that, your business, that's you, the, you know, your business is going to slowly slide because there's yep. going to be plenty of folks out there that are calling, by the way, 40 people a day. Yep. You know, so you talked way, about the double down. We talked about clarity. John just gave it to you, right? So one of the two, one of the three steps I gave you is have a plan. The activity tracker John just spoke about calling. I think you said calling agents. Mm-hmm. That's the plan. The clarity was you said how many? You said 20. I said 20. Right? So whatever the number is. But the point is Have the a plan number. and the clarity. Right. That's what we mean by that. Yep. All right. Nice job, dude. Yeah. All yeah. right. Anything else you want to add? No. Not bad for a couple old guys winging it on a Friday afternoon. Wings, man. Hot wings. <laughs> Those hot wings. Dude, they <laughs> hey, were, just, hey, they were hey, just good enough. Let's segue into a, a good Friday laugh. What do you got for me? Can you can you get me a chuckle? Anything? Can you give me like a good level uh, are laugh? You gonna, are you going to use this segment to like create, uh, no, a, to create no, a loop of just me laughing? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. I can't. <laughs> All right. That's it. That's it? You're done? Yeah, we're done. All right. All right. Well, listen, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Contacts to Contracts podcast. As always, I'm Brian Lovell here with Mr. John Jones. And we want you to know See if you there's on the anything streets, guys. that we can do to help you in your business, we're always here to serve.